Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily, how are you today? Hey, 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 Michelle, I'm great. I am loving this summer surprise, this very special episode. I know, I know, I'm, I am too, and I think it's perfect. Uh, we are shifting things up, we're moving things around, mm-hmm. we're recording this in Studio C, our first podcast episode recording right. actually in the... Um, well, you guys have seen it so much when you've watched our time of the month, but uh, we're recording it here. And, you know, we talked about uh, July 31st is International Orgasm Day, and we wanted to put some episodes together about orgasms. And who did we think of first? Oh, well, Dr. Donna Merche White, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, no-brainer. Yeah. I guess, I guess what we're trying to say is that whenever anybody's thinking about orgasms... <laughs> That's who they're, they're thinking, thinking of. All right. Dr. Donna Merche <laughs> White. <laughs> So welcome, Donna, to welcome Studio back. C, back to the podcast, and, you know, uh, thank you for being willing to talk to us about orgasms today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here, as you know. Um, I went back over my dissertation on Sunday night to make sure that I remember 12 years ago, like, what women had to say about orgasms. So I have a few things in mind, but I will let you take the lead so that I can kind of like collect my thoughts and come up with some stuff. Uh, I think it's very, very, very um, sex positive and feminist to discuss orgasms, basically. Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, you know, something for our newer listeners who maybe haven't listened to the entire catalog just as of yet, um, Dr. Donna Marche White was one of our very first guests, and we fell in love with her during the planning stages of Clitorally Speaking, the podcast, Mm -hmm. and learned that, Donna, you are a cultural anthropologist, and you had this very specific focus of understanding how um, social constructs affect sexuality. Um, around the world in all of these different places. So, absolutely. Um, we were so, like, no brainer. She yeah. needs to be on the podcast. And so, we've had a couple episodes with you. We talked about first times. Mm-hmm. That was our first time. I know. <laughs> what, was the first time? what was it when you were talking about like the friction, the clothes burning? Clothes burning. Yeah. I think they decided it was dry humping. <laughs> That was what well, I yeah, was doing. Everyone has different. Yeah, so that was great. That was a great. <laughs> that was a great episode. It was great. Oh Very appropriate for Orgasm Month to be talking about clothes burning. And Absolutely. Dry so, uh, so yeah. we definitely have our lubrication for tonight. Um, we have our cava. Uh, we are drinking a, a Eloquente. This is one that we have experienced, I think. We had the rosé. The rosé, but I'm yeah. not sure we've had the brute. Not on the show, but we've had the brute. Yes. I um, love brute. Yes. Uh, it's by Covid. It's, uh, you know, this is just one of those, again, kind of no-brainers. It's delicious. It comes in under $10 most of the time. Sometimes you'll see it priced a little bit more but it's always under 15 yeah it's delightful really really good you know it's clean it's crisp 
It has some of that nice little apple-y note without being so, like sweet. It's just, it's perfect. yummy. It's yeah. perfect for summer. Mm-hmm. And perfect to, um, you know. Pop some bu- <laughs> <laughs> it's Sorry. Like, no, no. It's, it's uh, you know, when you're feeling like you're all bubbling up inside, you know. Pop some bubbles. Uh-huh. No, no. Just a, it's an orgasm in a glass. It Absolutely. Is. You know, which is probably Ooh. why we like it so much. I know. It's it goes true. down so easily. I know. Yeah. I know. Actually, actually, with kava, I can have multiples. <laughs> Way more than I can in real life. Let's talk about multiples for a second, ladies. Do you, do you ever notice that by yourself, multiples are way easier than with a partner? All orgasms are easier. Are easier. <laughs> by yourself. Just well, saying. there you go. That's my opinion, and it's also the opinion of the women I interviewed for the dissertation. Well, and studies have shown that women are more likely to have, and have orgasms when they are by themselves versus sure. with a partner. Because we know what we want. Now, let's define this sort of multiple orgasm. Do you mean multiple, like, areas? Or do you mean, like, mm, compound, like, back Like, like I'm going orgasm? in for another. I'm going in for another. I'm not quite done. I want one when more. When you get to five, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> I think I'm sweat. done. <laughs> I can't think I can get one more. <laughs> I got one more in me. <laughs> and I've just been excited when I've, like, had two, you know? <laughs> I was like, saying, like, yeah. because there is... There's, like, you know, the different types of orgasm. Right. I mean, you're going to have, like, what they call the compound, which is both clitoral and G-spot oh, yeah, at the same time. And then you also have the multiple, like, mm-hmm. one after the other, which males can't do that, but we can. Right. Yeah. Well, um, we, not every woman does have multiples. I think I think that... Um, <laughs> And I know I, I will represent that one that that uh, that group right now um, because that just of our 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 makeup, you mm-hmm. know, like um, some women it might take them longer mm-hmm. to have an orgasm uh, versus you know like you know right away or or an early or multiples. And then I read on the internet, you know, because that's where you can get all your good information. <laughs> right. Um, that, that they sometimes <laughs> think that maybe it's not actually like multiples, but more like an aftershock. Oh, that you're having right. aftershocks. I'm here for that. <laughs> you know? That's, 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 I can see that. Or like if you, like in my experience, like you've, like it gets so intense that you have to sort of like, break it in half yes and then like you know go through the first part and then kind of like rest and then go back in yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know but i mean it's it's different and i wanted to sort of speak to what emily started off with with you know the difference between the orgasms with a partner Mm -hmm. and just the solo orgasms yeah you know um i think it's very interesting in my research i found it to be um like horrifying like horrifyingly honest about the authentic orgasm versus the performed orgasm or the sort of fake orgasm okay as it relates to orgasms with partners and Mm -hmm. solo orgasms so are you saying that the solo orgasms are the more authentic orgasms that's what i learned with your research the interviews and um I also, like, the women that I spoke with also uh, had 
like harder or like stronger orgasms by their by their by themselves mm-hmm. or with themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Solo. Right. Solo. So I, I personally, I, I can see both sides of this equation. You know, because you do. It's a different you would, orgasm. You do, it is though. a different orgasm. You you know where you're going and what you need, but. I find that the orgasms with the partner are more satisfying. And so, like, I'm not like, ooh, I'm chasing another with a partner. With a partner, I'm like, ooh, I got one. That's amazing. Right, you know, and right. I feel I feel just overall more satisfied. With a partner. Yeah. And right. I think that, I mean, and also, you want to also add the relationship factor. Because we, as creatures... Like we ha- like we're different around all of that, so you have the emotional stuff, and then for us, and actually for all humans, the brain is the most Number significant. One. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I would I would argue that if you're feeling like full of love and you're feeling full of like you know oh. I am woman, hear me roar, and like you're feeling beautiful, like of course you're going to have mm-hmm. you know an earthquake orgasm. Yeah. More yeah. likely to have an earthquake orgasm in that manner than if you're not feeling that way or you don't have a connection or everything's mm. being or rushed. Or if you're drunk and it's a one-nighter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, alcohol... Or if it's makeup sex and you're like, you know, you should be breaking up with that person. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, That's full of guilt and all yeah, these other like things. You're trying to complicate it. You know, yeah. it's, it's not... <laughs> that you laugh. I'm go home. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's all different. Like it's all different. And, um, I also found it interesting too, that, uh, because the research was on the sex toy parties. Mm -hmm. So some women would say that they use sex toys to achieve the solo orgasm by themselves. While other women were like, they didn't achieve orgasm, achieve orgasm with a sex toy versus what they believe was an orgasm with their partners. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, is that how much of that's mental or are you not allowing yourself to have the orgasm mm-hmm. with the vibrator? Like what kinds of guilt or that's a bad thing to do? Yeah. Mentality? I've had a hard time bringing a toy into a partnered situation. Like I've always thought, ooh, this will be fun. And it ne- it's like for me, historically just hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you know? part of like, it got to be part of my little arsenal. Like we're having sex. We're going to line things up. <laughs> like, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need all of that. And I'm going to need this as well. And I got this for you. <laughs> and, and, and baby, you're. You're, you're gonna love it. You really are. But I need all of these things and you, and I'll have that orgasm. Okay? <laughs> Don't be intimidated. It's gonna be great. And if I start laughing uncontrollably after I've come, oh, then you know that it was success. good. Yes, exactly. You can pat yourself in the back. Now, so I just think it's. I mean, the whole thing, and it's rather like the female orgasm is rather elusive. So unless you're by a, yourself, right, right, then you know what's up. Yeah, then you know it's sort of like there's not a lot of like research done on it, and like the few pieces that I found and I was able to use was more of like a history of like sex toys. And, I know, like what that That's was, like, how that played into the whole idea of women using mm-hmm. um, other objects to achieve orgasm. There's still this thing around, it's, it's like the sexuality itself is still sort of, well, at least heterosexuality 
is still centered around the male phallus, right? Sure. So what's yeah. the break between the biological male and the sort of silicone or battery operated mm-hmm. male? Uh, about I don't know, forty five, fifty thousand dollars. The link? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Re- okay, ask me again. I would not be a very good. The bubbles are already working. Yeah, I'm saying like so. So there's a huge in my mind, and 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 when I've spoken with other people, like there's a huge, um, I would say, riff, if you will, between like, you know, this idea of the male phallus equals orgasm oh. versus the toy or the gadget. Okay, got it. Right. Yeah. So how much of that sexuality, so this idea of masturbating, right? Because uh-huh. it's like you're masturbating if you use a sex toy. Like you're yeah. not having sex, you're masturbating if you're using uh, a sex For women, if mm-hmm. you're using a sex toy, right? So masturbation is not what we're supposed to be doing. Right, right. There's a lot of shame for it for women as opposed to men. It's just like, oh, that's what men do. Exactly. But, you know, thinking about this <clears throat> physiologically, and I, of course, we all know that there are wide range of of preferences out there but physiologically you know the way that our bodies are kind of designed to fit together you know it you it feels good to have something in there you know like right and so the (laughs) penis was made to do that you know so it does make sense to me that a lot of our sex toys have that shape or you know yeah but it doesn't you know i'm certainly not Judging other shapes. <laughs> well, you know, but, you know. Sh- shapes that it can actually like in- be inserted because you know yeah. if it's like a, a hexagon or a oof, pentagon or a tri- <laughs> yeah, I mean even a triangle would have to have be curved or something. Yeah. You know, not a triangle. You know, I mean I'm just saying. So like you know, um, those the sex toys are are designed to fit the. The piece of anatomy, the part of the anatomy right. that they're going to go in, whether right. it's and a, to stimulate those parts too. Yes. Some of them have like those little like you know beads mm-hmm. from the G spot and all of that, and then some of them like sort of like bend, yeah, right, to fit because we're not Everybody's all different. equal, right? So it's you know someone's G spot may be a you know a little bit over to left, da da da. Yeah, it's all of yeah. that, you know. So no, no, it's all in, it's all. It's all part of it, in, in my experiences. I, I do want to say, though, um, I was overwhelmed when I went back and read through that like, how many people, how many women have never had an authentic orgasm. Even, like, even so married long. women with children hadn't wow. had an actual, like, full, like, for real orgasm. They didn't, they didn't describe or, yeah, or, or, like, at partner all. or single or whatever, like divorce, whatever. And I was, so my question at that point was like, how does this happen that you've never known like that level of pleasure? You've never mm-hmm. known like your body enough to know how it works. And I think that it's just the way that we've been taught historically about our bodies. Because I don't understand how that could happen. Like, mm-hmm. how could you have children and you don't know oh what a, God. Real, Again, a shame. real orgasm is? Yeah, you can ha- you can you can get pregnant without having an orgasm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, and there were a few that I spoke with that that was the. Now I I can recall like 
I know that I had my first orgasm when I was kind of like maybe sixth grade. You know, I was solo. Mm -hmm. It was a solo. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that that's what that was Mm -hmm. until many, many years later when I experienced it. I was like, oh, that's what that was. Okay. You know, so maybe some some of those women interviewed, maybe they did have an, maybe they have had orgasm, but they don't know that that's That's what what that was. was. Exactly. Which because is they haven't had, right because they haven't had it with anybody else or they didn't have the education or the knowledge mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. that's what happens mm-hmm. to my body when it's stimulated to this level you know what I mean they just it wasn't part of you know so let alone like the 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 women and how women in society like how they don't believe that they need to have an orgasm every sexual experience like our pleasure is you know third secondary <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, at the window, like that's the norm. Like the norm is mm-hmm. for the male to orgasm, and it's done when he does. Right? It's over. Yeah. You know. So, um, you know, something that I'm kind of curious about, you know, thinking about, you know, the the sex toys. We know that you know, they've been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know, doctors use them to treat various ailments, hysteria, exactly. and whatnot. Um, but uh, it makes me wonder too, if, if it was ever kind of acknowledged that, Hey, you know, female orgasm can help with, um, with conceiving because, you know, of course it brings the sperm up into the body more. So I'm wondering if it was ever used to help, you know, help with pregnancy or, well, in the moment of hysteria, which I think that you had like another guest who talked about mm-hmm. like this this historical mm-hmm. period where um so in Victorian era society it was bad. It was rather like um just sort of like gauche and sort of, you know, like uncivilized for a female to be so into sex that she would have an orgasm. Right, right. right. So, she'd be slutty. Right, right. Yeah. So what happened was they, like, it, it was described that women went through this moment of hysteria where they kind of, like, were viewed as being lunatics. Or they were just was, horny. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and so, they, so doctors would sort of, well, I love Rachel Maine. She called it doctors would uh, camouflage these treatments. <laughs> For the hysteria, so they can make money off of the services. And so they have these gadgets that would bring the women to orgasm. Um, A different form of prostitution, really. Exactly. But it's, you know, but but they got paid. They convinced <laughs> and he had a degree. Had hysteria. <laughs> and then he gets, he gets to manipulate, you know, the situation. Yeah. And, you know, I whatever am... kind of perversion, you know, that that might be. I mean, you're the doctor and you're helping all these women with their hysteria. Yeah. Wow. I listened to this podcast just the other day. It's um, BBC has their History Extra podcast. Mm-hmm. I love that one. And they had a, um, a guest on, and the uh, the title was um, Contraception, Consent, and Erotic Connection mm-hmm. um, Through History. Mm-hmm. And the and the woman, and I forget her name, but she had just written a book, and she, she's a historian as well as a presenter. Um, but she talked about how really the... It's the 20th century, um, where early 20th century, the after the first the pandemic in 1918, like really started to shift the 
the um, attitudes towards sex and became more repressed um, because in her in her research and her findings mm. through you know through the print through the things that were out there there was a lot more talk a lot more acceptance about sex and women were telling each other how to make um, condoms you know to prevent right to prevent conce- conception to enjoy sex and even there was. Uh, like a pamphlet out there telling men how to make sure that the woman has an orgasm because then she's more ready to receive your sperm, like for the, for the, for the, um, conception. They also talk about like, um, uh, that, uh, um, uh, homosexuality was, um, way more accepted and understood prior to, you know what happened after after like World War One and the pandemic, mm-hmm. and there was this, this shifting in society that became very very male centric mm-hmm. and very controlling. And we are still trying to shake those exactly those um, I won't say beliefs, um, but it's just the way the values. It's the way, it's the way yes. that it was. It's just the culture. It's the ideology right. set of ideas about something. Right. right. So I guess what she was saying is like, don't think that what you're wanting to do is new. People right. have been doing it for so long, you know, and um, we've just had this hundred years of 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 our repression. Right, right. You know, um, where people didn't talk or, or we talk on this, like, high surface level. I know when we set up our, you know, the ex- email exchanges about, you know, talking tonight, mm-hmm. I was like, why when I, you know, do a Google search on female orgasm, are all of those... Things that come up, the the search results and the articles are just feel so surface level. Well, they, that's because they are. Yeah. Like what? Give me an example. Like, well, it's you know, it's it's in your head. So mm-hmm. you know, have, have a better you know, have a better yeah. this. Right. Don't drink alcohol or in oh like just light the candles. <laughs> right, right, right. And then even the articles. I mean, and again, it was it was. Uh, it was, you know, 20, 30 minute research. I'm sure there are articles out there or not, but, and then like, I'm asking about like female orgasm, but then they, they definitely continue to throw it. The articles would always have something about the man's orgasm, right? you know, like how you make sure that, you know, he doesn't come too soon. But even then it's not like, that's not practical. I mean, it just, yeah. it just felt very shallow, which if mm. a woman or a person is, is hunting and searching, I don't. You're not going. You're not going to find it, or or you might become even more dejected. Exactly, exactly, mm. and just sort of say whatever. But I mean, with more and more, there are those of us who are raising these questions, and you know, Having talking the conversation. about it. And, exactly, exactly. And I think for me, like one of the sort of sort of my own kind of sexual liberation, right? So through doing my research for four years. And talking to people and talking about sex toys and masturbation and authentic orgasms and why do you fake orgasm? Like, all of that, it sort of, like, worked to, like, liberate and sort of vindicate my own social construction of my own sexuality. Mm -hmm. So it was just sort of a very interesting thing. But it's just something that, in society, we are not raised to discuss 
intellectually. Right. And then the idea of our pleasure is just not the priority. Well, think about sex ed. It's all about you just know? the basic fundamentals. The penis goes in here and boom, a baby's made. You exactly. know, it, they, it, pleasure is never a part of sex education. It's not about that. Right. You know, it's not about that. Well, but it has been about that. There are times in our history as as human beings where it is, you know, pleasure. It's it's about the pleasure, and I think that's one of the best things about the fact that we are an involved species, because we have this brain that our bodies are created for sex to be not just about procreation. Well, yeah, I mean, so so, but, the, but we get in our own way. Yes. Yes. Oh. You know what I mean? So, right. We do get our own way. We get in our own way. Our minds get in our own way. Or, you know. And then it's the, also the, you know, the slut shaming and the, yeah. you know, people, That's the true. women who batter and beat other women down for having what, and we talked about this, yeah. like what they call the libido. You know, mm-hmm. we can't have libido. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. we're, we're labeled as slut if we have libido. Yeah, we're supposed to be good in bed, but we're never supposed to, like, have head sex. Exactly. Like, there's, like, this whole virginal thing, but, oh, you still need to be... You magically need man, to know right. exactly <laughs> what, what everybody needs, but never have had to have sex right. before. Right, Yeah, I mean, I can I can say that my sex now is way better than when oh I was starting out. I mean, practice makes perfect, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, so, so what... Uh, I know that, you know, we, I'm coming at this from a perspective of a 52-year-old woman who's, you know, a Gen Xer and, and, you know, grew up in that time period. My feeling is, is that the millennials, the Gen Zs, the upcoming generation are not going to have the hang-ups about sex the way that, that they so don't. my generation. They're, yeah. they're, they're committed to, like, not have that. I mean, that's what the whole transgender movement is about it's what the whole sort of like blurring the lines with the younger generation i mean i see it in the classroom i see it on tiktok i see it you know like just in popular culture like it's it's nowadays it's sort of like to deconstruct all the traditional categories labels Mm -hmm. prejudices all of that and everybody can be whatever the hell they want to be right. nowadays. It's something to celebrate for you sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, actually, the the more outside of the box you are, the better. Right. You know, which causes you know trepidation for me because my old ass is like, is that a girl or a boy? You know, like, I need to know that. Like, I'm not going to be. Why do you like? Why do we need to know that? I need to know because if I'm going to be attracted to you, I need to know, like, you know, that that's what is but going that, on but, or not. Are you sure? Yeah. Why? But why do you have to say like I need you to be this way or that way to be attracted to you? Because to, that's to because that's my like that's my version of like what I'm drawn to, and so for me, like the ambiguity is not attractive for me. I don't like the ambiguity, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the not knowing can be kind of sexy, but when it comes down to the orgasm, I need to know who I'm sleeping with. Mm-hmm. Like, bottom line. For me, it's always, like, been energy-driven. Like, you know, right. I, I'm just, I'm drawn to someone because of their the presence and connection that we have. Right. You know? Which is good. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not drawn to that. I'm just saying that... It makes me sort of like, I feel somewhat unstable if I can't tell if someone's a male or a female. For me. Yeah. 
Sure. Well, we all have our own preferences. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. I mean, it's good to know that about yourself. But nowadays, the younger generation, it seems like those sort of like boxes, categories, labels, all of that doesn't matter. And it's Mm -hmm. actually like, it's for the better. It's that it's deconstructed and all like, you know, turned on its head. And that's fine. I mean, I respect that, but I'm just saying for myself. Right. I I need to know who I'm sleeping with. (laughs) Let me me ask this question. Don't you think because we have um, spent a lot of our life in those boxes, you know, those boxes and things were very clearly defined. Mm -hmm. um, And so our sexual life has been, you know, been pretty clear. You, You know, if you prefer men... You know that that's a man if you prefer women, you know, mm-hmm. however that goes. But then, um, so you and I would be uncomfortable walking around trying to have sex in a world that isn't in boxes because we don't, because we, we've had, we, wait, I don't know, is that, um, is that is that a man or is that a woman? I, I, I mean, I, I like the person, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would, if I want to, if I mean, I like them a lot, and is this attraction because I like them who they are in the mind, or am I attracted to them physically? You know, there's so many other questions when those things were pretty much in the box for us. Like, that's that's Bob, and, and that's Susie, you know, and we, we, we well, got... Well, there's that part, but I also but know the, what I'm drawn to. Right, but the, but the kids these days, mm-hmm. they're already walking around in that fluidity where right, things don't... Right. So, so for them, it'd be like, yeah, you know, for them it wouldn't be such a big deal that... They are attracted to somebody, but end up finding out that no, I'm not actually want to have sex with you because you know, because oh, I, I, I I like this versus that. So like it's not it, like they're just already they're already in that dance, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that because there are no boxes, right? So they're not trying to you know they're actually they've already they're 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 breaking the boxes, yeah. deconstructing them. Exactly. So so in another 18 years when we have a whole nother set of uh young people and we we'll want the formality and the boxes back <laughs> I, mean, I mean probably i mean there's pendulums right you know what I mean? yeah. like it'll, it'll go through that that phase and that wave you know what i mean but they'll keep the best of what has what has happened from the deconstruction when to, when they pull forward to make the new culture, however it is, mm-hmm. or not, who knows? Hopefully, well, hopefully, at my in my seventies, I'll still be having seventy-year-old sex. You know, that's well, what we're talking about at that point in time. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I feel like everyone. I think that people's versions of like what's attractive, like it evolves, it changes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for women, that's like almost easier. In terms of, you know, deciding, for example, hey, you know, I'm going to be, you know, bisexual or I'm going to be lesbian for this next two years or what have you. For women, because of our construction of gender, um, it's easier for us to be more fluid in things like orientation and those kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. But for male, because of how we constructed, like, masculinity equals not being gay, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. So it's, you know, so all of that is socially We've made. In, we have incorrectly equated masculinity yeah, with well, not yeah, being that's gay. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it works the same way, too. Like, just to kind of, like, you know, sort of, like, marry it all. It's the same way for race, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So as is social, like, construction, a social idea, you know, black is the absence of white. 
But is it, though? And how many of us mm-hmm. kind of ride the gray, if you will, of it all? You know what I mean? Yeah. And how is it that things like privilege and, you know, underprivilege sort of, like, grow and change and sort of, like, flow in, in time and space as well? You know what I mean? So it's one of those crazy things that... And I think the, the cool thing about all of it is that we all have um, the right and the power to make sexuality what it needs to be for all of us. And when you, know? you get to that, when you have that realization, mm-hmm. then um, sex becomes so much more than something to avoid or something, you know, I mean... To be ashamed to of. To be ashamed of. Um, to I, hide. To, to have that orgasm. I mean, I, I think it's such, it's such an empowering place to be when you realize that you can dictate how, how it is to be for you. Mm-hmm. And going back to the fact that, you know, Generation X boxes... We let a lot of the outside world dictate what it should, what our sex right. should be for well, we us. All, we all do, though. I mean, it's, it's us. It's, that's what we mean by social construction. So our parents did it. We're doing it. Our kids are going to do it. Like it's how it happens. Like we all make it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For the good and for the bad. Like it's mm-hmm. all social. For all of that. You know? Yeah. Is there anywhere in the world, so we know there are places in the world where, you know, any form of women's sexuality is bad. You know, there's all kinds of, you know, things that are happening to make sure that women don't have pleasure, right? So we, we've talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit too. Um, is there anywhere in the world where it's not good for a man to have, you know, sexual pleasure or... I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked into this, but I'm just curious. Google machine. I know. I think that, like, from what I've understood, is that there are cultures where the mentality, the social construction of gender and sexuality is completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, you have some societies um, where, like, I think it's called Inus Beg. I think it's the culture... I want to say it's in Ireland or maybe it's in Scotland, but like um, the whole ideology around sexuality is no pleasure, only for procreation. Oh sure, like it's dirty, you know, like right. all of that. But then you have some cultures like yeah. in Polynesia where it's like it's all good, and like kids yeah. are like learning at a very early age like what it is to be, you know, what we pleasure. call making out and. You know, oh, nice. active. And, wow. Yeah. You know, rubbing noses or clothes burning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Certain> fires. <laughs> right, right. The, 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 those cultures don't put the shame on it. Mm-hmm. No, know? no. It, like but, just... it, but I think the biggest thing is that it's all social. Mm-hmm. And so, if it's socially made, then we can make it whatever we need it to be, and we can also deconstruct it. Right? So if it's negative, we can also unpack it or deconstruct it as well. Do you, re- do you, either of you remember the first instance where you were like kind of curious about what was happening in the sex, sex space? Like, 
For example, I remember as a small child, you know, playing around with the little neighbor boy and we were playing doctor and that kind of stuff, right? I played doctor. Do you remember, like, when that was like, hmm, what's going on with those little parts? And (laughs) I'm curious about this. (laughs) Well, I had, I I have an older brother and uh, he's just a year older than I am. And I remember being very upset that I could not stand up and pee. Like he could. And I tried. (laughs) I tried several times and my mother was not happy. I mean, I like, I stood there, I I cocked, I cocked my hips the way he would, you know, and I put my hands on my, no, I peed all over the floor (laughs) because I didn't have what he had. Um, I know, I know. But in, but, uh, jumping from there to second grade in the little Catholic school in South Carolina, we played kiss chase. Mm. I love Kiss Chase. I loved Kiss Chase. I know. Did you ever play Kiss Chase, I I thought we called it something awful, like Catch a Girl, Get a Girl, or something like Catch a Girl, Kiss a Girl. (laughs) When you were growing up, terrible. That is bad. Something that's like playground bad, like something on the playground, like awful. No consent there. In the first episode, in the suburbs, we played sewer tag. Sewer tag? And that's where you like jump in sewers and you kiss people. Like the oh, so it's the same thing as like as, as chasing. That's crazy. It's the same thing as like chasing around or whatever, but like <laughs> we would jump on the sewers in a subdivision and like then you have to kiss somebody or whatever. Oh call my it sewer god. Tag. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you wonder you wonder why people have hangups. The suburbs. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we we played kiss chase, and then the nuns would get up, to, like you know, no kiss chase on this field trip. You know, we they bring do. their rulers out, which yeah. only like yeah. inspires other fantasies down the road for certain children. Because you're like, <laughs> right. why can't I do it? So yeah. you want to know why? Why you know? bring that ruler out, baby? Why does it matter? <laughs> I, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked that game. Um, <laughs> why don't we play it as adults? <laughs> no, no. I think that... Uh, I can't believe we would go to jail. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, well, not, I mean, like... Uh, you know, I mean, oh, like, like if, if other people were, yeah, like, a, participating. Oh, okay, not just it's you like, and I running around Soulard, no. like, trying to catch somebody to kiss no, them. It's Although like, I have some hey, friends. Hey, everybody, we're having fun. We're doing kiss tag Did today. you play it on, on recess, or was it, like, a neighborhood? Oh, was it more like a neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, mine was recess. We had, I, I, there was, it was both, because there was, there was, there was, like, the sewer tag after school, you know what I mean, and then, like, the chasing girls or whatever, like, you know, catch a girl, kiss a girl, whatever, that was, like, in the playground and after school, so. Okay. And I just, I just thought boys were icky for so long. We talked about this in the first episode, like, and you were saying, like, the first time, Oh, man. So what is this sort of sexualized space, right, for the first time, and I'm like, it was a long time for me, but I did share with you that I was in second grade, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, this first notion of this is sexual, I was kissing, um, that guy in a coat racks. Like in yes. a, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I was in second grade, so And he was older. Yeah, remember? Yeah, he was in sixth grade. Yeah. At the daycare. I definitely <laughs> I definitely had my first little boy kisses in kindergarten. Yeah, I was. But, did that you, girl. but was it but, but was it like experiment? Was it was an experimentation, or was it? Oh like, no, I knew I wanted to kiss a crush. them. Yeah, total crush. Okay. I I remember. I think I, you know I may have shared. I I remember you know nap time like 
strategically yes. placing my hat yes. next oh, to yes. the boy I wanted to kiss because I was so hoping that maybe we'd accidentally kiss while we are in nap time. I remember that. Hold yeah. on, that was three years ago. Hold yeah. on, I remember that. You know, it's we great. had a little playhouse in the, you know, space and I would just be like, hey boys, you want to come play in the playhouse? <laughs> no, that's yeah. great. I, yeah, I just grew up boy crazy. <laughs> I know, but see, boy yeah. crazy is different from the kind of boy crazy that, like, that young boy crazy was different from, like, the boy crazy with the sex. Yeah. And totally fears. true, because I, that, that took me, I, yeah, I, I mean, was terrified of the boy crazy meets sex. Boy crazy. Phase, yeah. For sure. It's a different, like, it's a different kind of... It's yeah. a different kind of thing for me. Well, there, when when you're first discovering sexuality as a as a for me as a young young woman, like of course you know their hormones are like crazy and they they are wanting it so bad and you know we're being taught to protect our virtue and our all this stuff, all of this stuff and yeah and I wasn't necessarily like mm, I want to get in on this I liked the clothes burning that right. was fun but you know I wasn't necessarily ready to go any further but the pressure was really really intense yeah. and I don't think that stopped for 20 years yeah you yeah. know and so there is this kind of confusion about when is it okay for me to want it and like it. Because of the social, construct. the social construct and like this, this ideas, this ideology, like ladies don't, which when you said before, I, you said something about like Madonna horror complex. Yes. And I wanted to say like, there's something around like lady in the street, freaking the sheets. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. I've heard that and, as well. And, you know, several variations on that. Yeah. And so how are we supposed to navigate you know, as, you know, adolescent, you know, females or, well, we're not know, a teenage or whatever. Like, yeah. Sometimes we're not equipped in our 20s and 30s and 40s either. You know? Our elders aren't talking to us about it. Our education isn't talking to us about it. If we're Googling it now in these days, not sure. you're going to be... There podcasts that you're we can be... listen to <laughs> no, back then. You're crazy right. ladies. Yeah. No. And there's, I mean, it's certainly not, you know, and then it's just sort of... So then there is the internal conversation, or at least for myself. So when I when I came into my own, if you will, and, you know, took on my sexuality, like, full on, there's the bad feelings of being a whore associated right. with being active, so, you know, sexually. And, How did you you know, having, like, that? one night stands and going to parties and bringing people home and going to the bar, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you know, my Roaring Twenties were all of that. I mean, it's, it's all that it was in the Roaring Twenties, you know? How did you finally part with that guilt? I think it was it was through education. Okay. Because I carried it into my adult dating uh-huh. life. And I would definitely think that, like, it was, like, late Twenties, early Thirties when I learned about all of this stuff, like gender studies, women's studies, and sexuality is a social thing and morals being social constructions Mm. as well and you know Mm. what people consider good and bad you know um so I think that it took like just plain education to Mm. really get a grip and to be like you know what I'm just doing what I do and that's okay as long as I'm not hurting myself or somebody else or someone else right that's you know what I mean and so 
So I think that that's like what happened with me. But for a long time, you know, I think that at least in my twenties when I was my most promiscuous, I think I was trying to prove that I could do whatever I wanted to do. So it was like I knew that it's okay to be who you are, and like you don't have to like be all you know, never having fun. But I still kind of carry with that the the label and the stigma sure. you know, of all of that, you know. And I'm, then I'm gonna tell you a, a, a funny story. <laughs> um, I spent my junior year uh, in college studying in, in, in abroad in in Wales. And I had a great time. I really came into my own that year. You know, <laughs> I was in a, I was in an entire country where they had this in the British accent, and I was like, you yeah, know, whatever. I, I'll take my clothes off. Whatever. Yeah, just keep talking. Um, and I remember having this dream. Okay, so so the 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 slang term for a slut in the UK was slag. Okay. Okay. Uh, she's she's a slag. Blah, blah, blah. It's like hag and slag. S- slag. That's right. Ter- yeah. That's even slag. worse. It's terrible. It it's makes terrible. You feel ugly. Yeah. So I had I had this dream that um, somebody called me a fat slag, <gasps> and my response was, "Am I really that fat?" <laughs> I'll slag. Like, I'm like, my fat. Like, I can't believe they called me fat. You know, it's like this whole, that was the craziest in my dream. Of all I, of that. So not the slag. Not the but, slag part, but that was my crisis. And I was like, right. well, okay, I, at least I know what my issue is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and I had, I had, I had studied in the South. Um, I got my degrees down there and it's totally, again, back to social construct. You know, the to- more more people up in your business about who you're with and who what you're doing, and then then they need to be, mm-hmm. and which I was liberating to be in the UK where mm-hmm. you know nobody cared, yeah, because everybody was doing it, was busting it, everybody was busting, it. <laughs> everybody was a slag, right? And then then you'd meet with the, you'd come back the next day, meet with your girlfriends, and you're like, all right, over cups of tea, you know, and and, right. and, and rehash the night before and like right. you know high five each what other you know and then I remember also one time when, when back to the orgasm theme right I was I it was a one night stand and um and I remember like getting real hot and heavy but it's clothes burning right and so I had the orgasm through my clothes and I was like I don't need anymore I, don't know. <laughs> I didn't oh. need anymore and I was yeah. like relieved now I don't have to fuck him because I already came. Okay. All right. We'll make out a little bit more and then I'll yawn and then send him on his way. I totally had that experience. Did you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like we were maybe more, I don't know, more sensitive when we were younger because I could orgasm through the clothes. (laughs) I don't think I can orgasm through clothes these days. I just want to say, this little was it not the hottest ever? It, like yeah. that, like those interactions, uh-huh. like yeah. If you think about it, like where you orgasm through your dog and clothes, so hot, yeah, so yeah. hot. You know, I mean, it's you new. Know? I think that's part of it. It's so fresh and new. You're like, what is happening? This is amazing. My oh my god! god. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, and then there was that relief, you know, because of like yeah, I'm slick. <laughs> <laughs> Very slick. <laughs> okay, you know. I don't have yeah. And then you're like you're not you're kind of like you're on that sort of like euphoric, like after 
Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so young and it's so like innocent and it's so like just... Are you talking about back then or even yeah, now? Yeah, back then. Okay, then. Certainly not. You're innocent like, and young now. Years, like 30 years ago, like, I told me what that. I'm like, I don't ever really sometimes no, feel so, so young and innocent post-orgasm <laughs> now. What I mean? <laughs> I'm saying like, well, I mean, I'm just saying like back, back in, in the like in that early construction parts, right? Yes. Where you're just like, mm-hmm. you can't believe how turned on you are. And yeah. we talked about it in the first episode. Our yeah, first, first orgasm. Like, how you would just kiss for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and hours and <laughs> making out so for amazing. hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> Still love making out, by the way. Yeah, that, I, I love making I out for hours, too. Yeah. We've talked about that. And in fact, something I'm extremely interested in, because I love making out for hours, uh-huh. is tantric sex. I'm fascinated by it. The possibilities of what that can deliver. There's all kinds of like sort of Eastern mm-hmm. practices, if you will. So absolutely, I mean, there's something to be said about taking your waiting. time. Yeah, and waiting. Yeah, and like as long as you can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like for sure. So I would say get into it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like get just... into it. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's also like within yoga, there's a sort of like. I want to say S-E-C-T, like a genre called Kundalini. Oh, sure. It's all about, like, yeah. the energy in there. <gasps> See, I'm, I'm already getting excited. This is what I'm saying. No, I'm, like, I'm like, no, girl, get your book on. Let me know. Get your book on. <laughs> like, it's a, a great thing to take up, if you will. Okay, sure. so do you have some good books and resources for us to share? Because... Or you with, could get us a list if you yes. have. Well, I, I could, but I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, start with um, your basic, you know, Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, search, search and then get your ebook on okay. just to kind of see. And then you can get like the, where you can get like the actual, like the, well, there's, the Kama Sutra has its own oh, set sure. of like books around all of that. That's the other one, mm-hmm. but this Kundalini is another one, and then Tantra is also, like, it's a sexual, like, ideology, but it's also a cultural movement. Because you have, like, tantric art and architecture and things oh, of that nature. Oh, interesting. I didn't so, realize it was a whole movement. No. And, and most of it's rooted out of India. Right. So I wonder where is the great... Western Hemisphere book of sex knowledge. Why do <laughs> it's, why, it's, we need it's to this, write it? We need to it's, write it. It's it's, it's I three know. pages. That's the problem. It's, you know, Kenzie did it, and we don't respect anything that he. Well, some of us respect Kenzie, but you know what I'm saying? Like all of the great books are not well. You know, is is there is there know. the Midwest version of the Kama Sutra? With the joy of sex from the 70s. <laughs> the, joy <laughs> of sex, the joy of sex in all the heartland. Three, yeah. All three positions. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know what would be really fun is to do those. Feed her those, some corn before you. Those horoscope positions that oh. are, um, like, from the 70s, they had, like, based on your, like, the, I've never like heard different this. positions. Oh, oh my God. It's like a, it was, like, a total, like, calendar of, like, the different sex positions based on your zodiac. I... So 70s horoscope are zodiac sex positions. Zodiac okay. sex positions. So what like, is your zodiac sign? Anna? I'm Pisces. Pisces. Yes, okay. I'm crazy Pisces. Mm. 
All right, here it is. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Aries, woman on top. Mm-hmm. Taurus, naked sushi platter. What, what is the hell that? Is that? I don't know. <laughs> Gemini, the addition. Cancer, the spoon. Leo, in front of the mirror. Virgo, the washing machine. Libra, missionary. Scorpio, handcuffed to the bed. <laughs> oh my Hold on, here it comes. <laughs> They do, because I knew... Emily Scorpio. Scorpio is supposed to be legendary. I was like, oh, where's the mirror in there? It's supposed to be legendary. We'll go back to... um, (laughs) Sagittarius against the wall. Capricorn, the secretary, bent over the desk. And then Aquarius, crystal pleasure wand. Oh. Okay. And then Pisces... Shower sex. Oh. I, I, water sign. I mean, go figure. Yeah. So I, I, to, I need to figure out what that one was for Taurus. Hold on. Are you like putting food on your body and they're and eating it off? The one from. Um, yeah, it says if you didn't know then, you do know now. The central Taurus loves all pleasures of the fat of the flesh, making this the tasty oh. position. Yeah. I, I don't. Oh well. Well, so. I maybe maybe it's just maybe that's a is that like um, code for oral? Maybe. What is the okay? So there's a show on Netflix called Sex Life, and it's all the rage right now. I, yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet. And they do a position. They do something called like coital alignment. In that show, hold on, my friend sent me that. So instead of getting, taking your cards in to be rotated and tires aligned, <laughs> you, you gotta, get gotta, I gotta come and make it my coital <laughs> alignment. So it's, uh, Honey, it's time for our coital yeah, alignment. Yeah, it's a coital alignment technique. <laughs> and, uh, and so everyone's supposed to be into this kind of, wow. speaking of the whole tantric, all of that, so everyone's supposed to be into this kind of thing. Um, it's shown in the, in the, Series in the real or the sex life series, but um, people are googling that like crazy after the film, the coital alignment. Oh, I'm gonna look it up then. Hmm. See what that. So I'm taking that this is something that you have like an expert that's there, observing the placement of the bodies. Coital alignment technique. Okay. (laughs) It says a sex position that focuses on clitoral stimulation Ooh. during pee in, penis and vagina sex. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a way to let for the guy to be able to get you off when he's, when he's inside. Doing his business, too. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, it's a variation of, of missionary. Right. Yeah. Keep going. Um, hold on. <laughs> We're waiting. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it says... Where the the penetrating partner grinds their penis up against the vulva owner's clitoris during pen, penetration I mean, to help the vulva. Oh, they just named it. Right. That's all, they just gave oh, it that, a, a fancy name. Yeah. There's Quite nothing new here. That's not new. And you know the problem is, is that every woman's clitoris is in a slightly different place. Exactly. It doesn't always like. Yeah. You know. Well, it's it and they're all in general same general area. They are, but... But it's not going to be like, oh, it's on your left no, leg. I am, you know, I'm envious of the women who have a setup that's very close to... To the, to the, to the, the vaginal opening. opening. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not that way. Yeah. 
no, it's the worst than the one toys. I need this, this first, and then click. When I tell uh-huh. you to follow through with this one, you uh-huh. need to bring that. And, and don't forget all of this this lubrication as well. Here's a I, whole training <laughs> seminar. Do you need a handbook? Did you did you take did you take the webinar and did you pass the quiz before we go to bed? You need to have at least an eighty five percent pass to enter my bedroom. Yeah, and I need to see see the results. Okay, you guys ready for this one? Okay. Some people call the technique grinding the corn. <laughs> Back to the Midwest. <laughs> Kama Sutra. <laughs> With coital alignment, both partners rub or grind up against each other's bodies to create friction against the vulva. As you said, but this grinding the corn is the, the code of what they're, what they're saying. <laughs> Oh my Su- god. What did you say? Sewer chase? What was uh, it? Sewer tag. Sewer tag and, <laughs> and grinding the corn. That's the first two chapters in our Midwest Kama Sutra. <laughs> I think that would be. Kiss that girl, and then you get the jump off the store and kiss else, and then grind the corn. Oh my god! She's got to peel that husk first. Oh my! Shuck the. the (laughs) And all the good things you can use with the husk. It's a great uh, receptacle. It's a. To right, catch, you know, you and can, you can yes. then wipe things up with the husk. I little... can see the t-shirt now. Oh shucks, and it's like exactly. You know, I know. <laughs> there it is. Oh shucks. <laughs> there it is. Mom always said I should drink, eat a lot of corn. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Well, I um, you know, this as always is so much fun uh, chit chatting and talking with you. But is there anything we? We, you know, we don't want to leave out, you know, so for our, or, you know, our orgasm, orgasm episodes, month. orgasm okay. month. Okay. One closing nugget, okay? Just or, from the corn, 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 corn kernel. And then orgasm corn kernel. I'm going to go home and never eat corn. Now, um, I do want to say, because I, I went back through the dissertation, and I was uh, struck, or shook again, as the kids say, by how many women said they fake orgasm to please their partners right. in my research. I, I saw I it. thought that was very um, unique. and Not unique, but it was very... Uh, it struck me. I was like, so, so when does that happen? And so a few of the women were like, they just fake it to like please their partners, like to stroke their egos. And then two of the ladies said... They will fake an orgasm just to get the sex over with. I I did some research. Um, or to end the sex. And uh, I, I think it was like a, a, maybe a 2011 to somewhere 2015 study. I don't remember. But it had said that 47% of women at some point in their sexual life have um, faked an orgasm. Mm-hmm. But that 67% of the women are now saying... I don't fake it. If I don't right. have it, that's I just agree. it. I'm not faking anymore. So it was like... That's nowadays? Yeah. It was like, yeah. you know, I, although 47% have, mm-hmm. 67% are saying, I don't anymore. I yeah. won't. I faked one <clears throat> in my early life. Mm-hmm. And it was so unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why would I give him the pass? And I, like, you've mentioned it, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, to get it over with or la da 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 But 
I thought it was a disservice to us both for him it, to know that I didn't actually get yeah. there. So I, I fundamentally don't believe in faking it anymore. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But I mean, but you're, we're all mature. Yes. And we're well-seasoned yeah. women. We've had complex relationships with people. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think we have to fake anything anymore. Yeah. yeah. But I found it very interesting, and I just sort of thought... I kind of felt sorry. I know it's very. You know sad. what I mean? I mean, I've yeah. I've faked and sort of like you know overperformed okay. for the sake of someone's ego. Well, my entire fucking marriage was overperformed. <laughs> oh, sure, I'm it's just one I'm just more. Saying, you know, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm divorced. All good. I'm over it. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of performance, you sure. know, for the sake of someone's ego. You know what I mean? And I will never do that again. Yeah. But I was kind of struck by how common it was that. The women yeah. who had reported that they had did fake it. an orgasm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Based and... on things like the scene out of Harry Met Sally and like, right. oh. you know what I mean? They don't know, like, they don't know except for like maybe like a porn that they yeah. saw. Like, they don't know like what the orgasm is. So they don't know how to act. Is there a good resource to educate women on what an orgasm really is for those who, because apparently there are quite a few that have never had one. So is there some resources we could turn I would, on to? I would think biological. Like, so you, I would go with gynecology, like the biological sciences with that. Like, just to know, like, what's happening, how it's happening There's a blood flow. There's the... You know what I mean? Yeah, and then the yeah. sex hormones, you know, that go, mm-hmm. that pop off. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know, in our minds. I mean, I totally feel like... Three levels less stressed out after oh, I have yes. an orgasm. Absolutely. Like instantly. I'm like, woo! Absolutely. <laughs> which is, which is laundry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know? When it goes back to like the International Orgasm Day on July 31st, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I have a friend of mine who we, we often talk about, you know, like if everybody just had more orgasms. It would put all this extra positive energy out into the world and then you could, you know, see how it could shift. And Lord knows after the last four years, we need a lot more orgasms to to right the ship, right? Orgasm could save the world, people. I know. There's (laughs) there's some people, like, you know, who believe in a spiritual level, like, the orgasm is a way to um enlightenment or to breakthrough mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. for people the French... because you're just sitting there and you're like laying there mm-hmm. you know and you're, like, you're thinking or what but you know there are some culture like cultural practices where the idea is to have the release so that you can have the clarity and have the uh-huh. sort of your mind's not locked, 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 locked anymore. I can see that for sure. For sure. You know, the, sure. the French call it the little death. You know, mm-hmm. and it is because you're like letting behind your earthly issues exactly. and your... For just 30 seconds or however long. Yeah. Unless you have a multiple, you're going to have like 10 hours. But I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well then I, I just I just usually just come back and check on him and make sure a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna go need one in. if you're having it for ten hours. <laughs> come back in, it's like, oh did you miss me? I know. Oh, I know. I, I'm, oh, I'll I'll come back. Exactly. Some water. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe it's time you leave. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But um I think that it would be awesome if we maybe put a call out there collectively to our clitorati who, um, you know, let's, 
Let's see how many people we can like all orgasm on the thirty first of July. Right. And see if the, see if anything changes in the I, world. I think it would. Yeah. Maybe a sense of camaraderie. It'd be like you know. Yeah. Power and energy like united for sure. Yeah. Maybe you we know? need to do a little campaign. Like, did you orgasm today? And then what are the yeah. sort of dopamine? Yeah. What are the oh, three yeah. hormones? Dopamine. Serotonin. And then there's like three brain like three hormones that we like women release mm-hmm. when we have orgasm and there's also something that happens uh for couples that you know are hetero couples where you know you're okay with having un you know n- n- no pull out no condom that kind Oxytocin. of thing uh yes <clears throat> There's also something that happens when the males, the semen is inside. There's also some sort of amazing chemical interaction that happens too. And I, I can't, for the males, for the women. Okay. There's okay. something, and I don't recall. I mean, I, it was maybe a month or two ago. I heard, okay. I heard about this, but there's some sort of chemical exchange that that. Which I, I, I can totally yeah. see that. If you yeah. think about it, I mean, it's it's a very spiritual, especially if you're coming together, mm-hmm. it's a very, 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 like, out-of-body, mm-hmm. spiritual, you know, kind of thing. I can totally see that. Yeah. Rite of passage, you know, all of that. Yeah. You know? Well, There's then... a great article here on sciencealert.com. I'll, I'll put the okay. link to okay. it in, um, in our podcast podcast notes but it's called what here's what happens to your body and brain when you orgasm and you know you're at the right spot when you see two beetles having sex and not not the musical beetles right i saw two beetles beetles having sex yesterday i mean i think those are beetles in one of my roses yeah so Okay, so things are going to happen for I, me in other words. Right, right. Okay. So orgasms are on my way. I think that's a Sagittarius beetle. She's doing the secretary position. All right, secretary. <laughs> She's taking notes and getting it. So tell me again so I can be prepared. So the 31st, it's International Orgasm, Orgasm day. day. And then what is clearly speaking during for that day? Well, we haven't, uh, besides orgasming, um, <laughs> we haven't uh, decided yet, but we will definitely let our people know on um, social media. But through leading up to Orgasm Day, we are releasing these episodes okay, like okay. with you. So, oh, great. So that people great. can like listen to it, think about it. You know, We don't need to just bombard everybody with this phenomenal information on just July 31st. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We want to pr- help prepare. Prepare. So that, that way people can join us in the orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I want to say before we close out is that like, as women, we just need to know our bodies and how they work, where things are. Like, really, where the clitoris is, where the G-spot is, all of those things. Like, we need to know how our bodies operate before we can even have the pleasure of having... And the way you, you know, learn orgasm, how you your know? body operates is by playing with, playing it. with it, looking at it, reading articles about the female mm-hmm. anatomy... Um, to get a better understanding. So don't be afraid to touch yourself. Exactly. To go, I like that. I don't like that. Look in a mirror. Get a hand mirror. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of women have never even looked at themselves. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a, there's a great, um, there's a great monologue in the vagina monologues about, um, when she took a, one of the, one of the, um, 
uh, speakers when she takes the the mirror to the first the hand mirror the first mm-hmm. time to to revolve and she was like yeah what <laughs> That's and then, what and then all like? all of the muffins are different yeah but you know it also it also aside but they were all magical <laughs> exactly exactly different yet exactly. magical <laughs> you know, and finding your own pleasure helps you be a better lover too. Because Absolutely. ultimately, your partner wants to know how to please you, and they can't know how to please you unless you know how to please you. So yeah. it it really does um, it make for a better experience for everyone. And, and if you're like me, and you show up with an arsenal of implements <laughs> and tools and things like that, and if your partner <laughs> is freaked out about it, then they're not the right partner. The partner should be like, okay, that's what I got to do to make this happen. Then let's make it happen, babe. You yeah. know, and uh, that's, that's, you know. Um, how to really love yourself. Yeah. For yeah. real. And uh, we're all about uh, um, uh, learning to love yourself and remaining in love with yourself mm-hmm. here at mm-hmm. uh, Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. Well, Donna... You are Dr. Donna, excuse me, Dr. Donna, you are the best. Oh, yes. you guys are the best. Thank you for joining happy us. Anniversary. Once again. Happy anniversary. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Three years. And happy orgasm, orgasm day. day. <laughs> orgasm day. <laughs>